Hey everybody, this is Chad Jordan from the Sport Clips Hall of Fame podcast. Uh, this is another edition, and we are extremely excited for uh, for today's episode because uh, we have a living legend in the Sport Clips world, uh, a, a dear friend of mine, the, the the man who got me into Wrigley Field for the first time. Uh, and there's a reason I keep coming back to Chicago. It's this guy right here. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, take a a kind of tour of some sport clips stuff, history, the culture, uh, things that we've seen change over the years. And this guy has been a major reason why, a major influence on uh, our entire brand. So without further ado, you know what I'm going to do, John? I'm going to have you introduce yourself, your role, what you do, uh, all that good stuff. So my guest today is... John Kohler. Thank you, Chad. appreciate you having me on this podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm, I'm the area developer for Michigan, Illinois, and Eastern Missouri. Essentially, my, my team and I provide services to support 172 stores in the region. Not just 172, but this is 172 of the best stores. Uh, if you were to do a, a look at the map of all the Sport Clips locations across the country and Canada, uh, John Kohler's territory happens to be one of the best, and it's uh, it's no accident why, it's no secret why. It's uh, it's it's he and his team. I know he's going to talk a lot about his team and how amazing they are, but uh, but we really want to get to the bottom, John. Of uh, what are you doing here? How long have you been here? Uh, what got you here? I kind of want to I want to pick your brain a little bit because there's future generations of of people like you. Uh, that can learn from from what you've experienced and what you've kind of the, the foundation that you've laid. So, uh, so can you give me just kind of a um, uh, l- let's start with one thing I'm interested in. What's a what's a day in the life of John Kohler at Sport Clips? What does that look like right now? Well, I get up, Chad, and I <laughs> take a shower, mm-hmm. and I uh, head out to the. I live in the city uh, city itself, so I head out to the suburbs and uh, spend a fair, fair fair amount of time doing franchise sales. So that's my role in my organization is franchise sales. So essentially that's what I do. And how, what encompasses that role? How, wh- how do you sell a franchise, a Sport Clips franchise? Well, the first step you don't go process, knocking on doors. No, you, actually we do in, a, in an indirect way. In fact, okay. we just finished a mailing for Michigan where we sent out 5,700 letters to owners of businesses that... Uh, that were in, that owned small businesses. So figuring they would want to expand their portfolio, we thought that that would be a good approach. In fact, I've had a few phone calls as a result of the uh, as a result of the mailing. Yeah. But uh, essentially, we do knock on doors in that mm-hmm. respect. And then what we do is we make phone calls. We have a phone call interview. We then have a face-to-face interview at a store, and then we take the opportunity. To bring them into my offices so they can meet my team because that's really what this is all about at the end of the day the success of my region is based on the 14 employees that have been a critical part of my business and and i've got an average tenure of six and a half years for each employee so we've got a good seasoned team of people so you didn't start with 14 employees back in when did you start when when, when did you it's get kind of an interesting story yeah. i spent let me give you a little background please i spent uh, 31 years in corporate america uh 11 years with northrop grumman and defense electronics i've got a double e and i spent uh 20 years in telecommunications with a company called telabs I was one of their senior executives i had four, over 4,000 employees in my organization and they and from 2000 to 2002 
2003, I laid off 3,800 of them. Oh, so that gets old fast. Very fast. In yeah. fact, I, I tell you, laying off one person or laying off 3,800 matters little. So I laid off these people, but finally at some point I just couldn't do it anymore, so yeah. I took an early retirement. When I went out and looked, I, I putzed around for a while, and a very good friend of mine said, take this seminar, franchising could be your future. I didn't want to go. It was, mm. it was painful because I just, I, had no, I didn't want to make Subway sandwiches. Right. So I, I went because he's a good friend of mine. And um, they made, it made a lot of sense. The, the seminar actually hit, hit home. And it was a business broker there that uh, Jerry Moriarty, who took me under his wing, and he said, I'm going to show you seven different concepts. And I honed in on sport clips for the following reason. It's cash-based. Everybody needs a haircut. But after laying off 3,800 people and moving manufacturing to China and Mexico, I knew I could. I knew that they couldn't move this, right, right, this right. concept yeah, to China yeah, and Mexico. Right. So I, I jumped on it like a, like a ton of bricks. Uh -huh. And it was it's the best decision I ever made. I was 52 years old at the time. And uh, I wish only wish I would have started sooner. And what, when was, what, what year is this? 2000, 2004. Okay. I signed my first agreement okay. in 2004. The way the evolution of my region developed was in 2004, June, of, June 29th of 2004, I signed my first agreement for Northern Illinois. I then bought the rights to Southern Illinois, Eastern Missouri in August of 2007. In November 2011, I bought the rights to Michigan, Eaton, Western Michigan. And then finally, in December 2016, I bought the rights to Eastern Michigan. And how many, let's see, 2004, so... There were two stores in my region. Okay. And there were how many in the country? 143. Okay. So you have as many, almost as many now oh, in your more. region yeah, than what we had in the country when you started. It's, it's an amazing, when you reflect back on it, it's uh -huh. amazing uh, to, to think that you, you've grown this, grown this brand this much. And so there's locations that I drive past and I think to myself, I remember when we put that one in. And mm -hmm. it just, it just, They're uh, like babies, right? You they know, are, that they're, exactly, right, just yeah. like babies. Uh -huh. Speaking of which, you have a grandbaby. I do. Now, uh, do we want to go and give her a shout out so when she listens to this down the road, she hears her grandma's Alexandria voice. Sophia Kohler. Okay. And what is she going to call you? Have you figured that part out yet? Yes, she's okay. going to call me Grandpa. Okay, Grandpa. All right. Uh, my, my parents are Poppy. You know, Poppy and Nini, uh, Grammy and then Nini and all that. So it's kind of funny uh, when I when I was when I was young growing up, my grandpa Kohler, my grandpa Kohler, uh -huh. was old, mm. and now I've just realized she's going to look up to me and say, <laughs> "You're old." Same thing, exactly. That's hey, you're only as old as you feel. So you, uh, you, you have a hundred and forty some in your region now. That's 172. about hundred seventy two. Hundred seventy two. I'm sorry, you have more than what was the hundred and forty. Three that were the day I signed, we had 143 stores. Tremendous, and you, but you didn't start with 14 people. So how do you, how did you get things going uh, in uh, in this region? And no one knew what a sports clips was or uh, anything like that. So how one did you break things, in? One of the things that I've always been adept to because I've been successful in my business career is you can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, your success is driven by the success of the organization you, you, you create. And when I was at Tell Labs, I had a wonderful, I had what, probably one of the best manufacturing organizations on the earth. And so I knew that if I was gonna be successful at Sport Clips, I wasn't gonna do it alone. So I started to build an organization. And we started, we had, we started off with two, and then three, and then four, and then five, and mm -hmm. then six, and so on, and so on, and so on. What kind of people do you look for in your organization? Well, there's really two types. There's operation coaches, which uh, there's people like Matt Cam, who handled, who's my yeah. director of 
director of new store development, uh, Nina Dietrich, who's my director of operations. Um, I look for people that have uh, talent, that have the capability and the willingness to extend themselves. This is not a nine to five job. Mm-hmm. This is a 24 by seven kind of a job. Yeah. And not a nine to five desk job where they're assigned to the same place every day, right? I mean, they're no. kind of out and all over. In fact, and... the coaches, we have nine area coaches that are out on, out on the street every day doing something. And there's a lot of trust in, that I put in those people. Yeah. So what, what kind of um, in, insight, oversight, team meetings, what, do, what are you doing to kind of keep the team together and have, checked in on each other? Every year we have a planning meeting that we gather together with the group, all the coaches, all 14 employees. We put together a business plan. We vet that business plan with Gordon. We go and meet with him. Mm-hmm. And then we have quarterly business reviews. The first, first two, the, the second Monday of every, of every quarter, we have a business review with all 14 employees. And we go over where we're at, where we're going, and what do we need to change, what kind of mid-course corrections. In addition to that, I have a weekly staff meeting. What do you do, what do, you do now that you wish you would have done earlier? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know it's kind of interesting when you when you when you graduate from corporate America you think you know everything yeah and you've got great ideas about what you'd like to do and how you'd like to do it I think this this is one of the themes that I've always pushed with my team leaders and future team leaders and when they ask me what what is the, what is the most important aspect of this business it's really this simple follow the system hmm. Gordon Logan the guy with the cowboy hat has made all the mistakes. And, he's, and he made those mistakes, and he wants us not to make them right, again. Right, right, yeah. And, and I think if I would have followed the system more closely in the very beginning, uh, it would have been a, a much, much um, easier task. Were, were you, in those, in those moments, if you can reflect and think back to when you didn't follow the system, was it because you thought you had invented a better mousetrap, or you just wanted to spread your wings a little bit? What, what, were, what were the, the I reasons? Think, I think you, there's, there's an element of everybody that's creative. And yeah. I like to take that creative element and apply it to the business. Right. And, and again, it goes back to, this guy's made all the mistakes. Why yeah. should you repeat them? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and with all the creativity in the world at his fingers, fingertips as well. So, uh, so that definitely makes sense. Um, can you give me insight into what some of those early challenges were when you were uh, starting out? You had there were only two stores in the location. Nobody knew who Sport Clips really what Sport Clips was all about. What were some of the early struggles that you had to overcome? Well, you walk into a restaurant to meet a client because I didn't have an office at the time, mm-hmm. and you walk in and they go, "Sport Clips, you uh, you must be selling memorabilia." <laughs> right. Yeah, like sports. Uh, sports stu- memorabilia. Right. Yeah. I mean, people had no clue about what yeah. we were. Our our ad fund for Northern Illinois at the time imagine. was sixty thousand uh-huh. dollars. That's it. And I remember we went to MQNC, uh, and I can't forget the gentleman's name who ran it, MQNC. But essentially, we went in the, we went in the, on a deal with the Chicago White Sox to have bathroom ads in front of the urinals. <laughs> I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, that's a very another lesson idea. learned. So stuff like that now today we've got 1.4 million dollars and we've got a sophisticated ad program for your for your region just northern illinois yeah just this this area this area just the area we're sitting in right now and we've got a sophisticated organization we've got an incredible team 
in Georgetown with Danielle Linden and Martha yep. England. Mm-hmm. We didn't have that back in 2004. Yep. Right. And we've got a uh, efficiency media, which is our media buying group. I mean, the, you, our our marketing program is far, so much so much advanced and more sophisticated than it was in 2004. Yeah, it's incredible. And you're not just saying that because uh, I am from the marketing department, so I appreciate the shout-out to Martha and Danielle. Well, what about, you mentioned something that you wouldn't do again marketing-wise. What are some things that are working for you right now in 2019? I think there's uh, all components or elements of the marketing plan because we have what we call Media Day in September, and I think it's September 29th this year. We invite all of our, uh, Amy Abrams from Efficiency Media invites all of the participants, the cable guys, the radio guys, the digital media guys, invites them to my offices, and we actually go over what ideas we have, etc. cetera. Uh, and and we, we, we put together a plan for the, for, the, for the next year. Now, one of the things that's working for us really, really well is our field marketing coordinator. We have a dedicated field marketing coordinator that's paid for out of the ad budget that spends all of her time doing event media, uh, going mm-hmm. to the Schaumburg Boomers, Chicago Wolves, etc., and it's been very effective at getting our brand out there. And what when they go, what do they do? What pass does she out, do? Pass out koozies. Okay. One of my favorite things to do is beer fests. Oh, oh yeah, uh, please explain. Beer fests. Get in detail. Beer fests are really incredible. Uh-huh. We do about five beer fests. Okay. So these, these are craft brewers that uh, display their wares throughout mm-hmm. the Chicago metropolitan area, and essentially what they do is they we what we do is we have a booth there with five-and-a-half-ounce koozies okay. that fit perfectly on these little beer sampling. Uh-huh. And, and we, are, we are the most popular I bet. table in yeah. the bunch. But my field marketing coordinator assembles those, those events, coordinates them, and actually delivers on them. And do you get stylists from other stores to go and help we do. support? We do. Okay. We do. When they do that, are they paid? Uh, the stylists, are they paid for the day? Is this something they're doing out of the kindness of their heart? How does that work? I'd love to believe that everybody would want to do things out of the kindness of their heart, but we do compensate them. Okay. If it's a City of Chicago event, we pay them $150 for the event. That covers their parking, their meals. That covers all of their time, yeah. etc. If it's a suburban event, because the parking's a little cheaper, uh, a little less expensive, we it's 125. And that and that's got to be one of the challenges for your region, uh, this this part of your region, anyways, is uh, the city of Chicago, which you know I love, very fond of, uh, especially uh, anything to do with the Chicago Cubs. But getting into town is not easy. <laughs> Living in town is not easy. So. Uh, had you anticipated some of the challenges around staffing and recruiting and, and all of that back in the day, or is this kind of something that we're seeing more and more now that the city it's continues to grow? It's kind of interesting. Grow? You bring up a good point, and that, that is what were some of the challenges I saw then and how yeah. did it change today? Yep. Um, when I first bought the rights to Northern Illinois, I never thought for the life of me that we'd be doing things in Decatur, Illinois, uh, Champaign-Urbana, and Springfield. I thought the rural markets were going to be non-existent right uh, and I thought the Chicago market was gonna be the hottest thing since sliced bread it's actually turned out to be the inverse yeah uh, the rural markets are incredible yes uh, lower competition uh, more stylist availability uh, the rural markets tend to be a real real gold the, the, and the lease spacing is not uh, the square footage <laughs> yes. not as challenging yeah. Uh, whereas the urban market is much more challenging. Uh, it's a higher cost of living, so you have a more difficult time in staffing your stores. Uh, the rents are a little higher. 
uh, the, your price points are going to be a little bit higher as a result of that. Mm -hmm. And the suburban markets are the suburban markets. They are what they are. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I'm, I'm interested in, especially when I talk to someone, I mean, you've been here. You said 2004. June 29th, 2004. Okay. I'll uh, never forget that day. That's a great day. It's my grandma's birthday, June 29th. Yeah, Grandma May. Um, but uh, so 15 years later, uh, now that you're here, can you give me some of the highlights over the years, maybe the huddles, uh, stories of Gordon? Like what, what, are, what are some of your favorite memories uh, through the years uh, at, here at Sport Clips? I think when we opened our 100th store, that was okay. a big achievement. I'll never forget that. Where was, where was that? Champaign. Okay. Champaign, Illinois. We actually went down there with a tent. And we had a sign out in front of it. Mm -hmm. The sad thing is nobody else was there with us. It was just mm -hmm. us. And, no. But it was fun. It was, was it rainy? I mean, No, it was know, actually okay. a beautiful day. Okay. It was sunny. It was it was a wonderful day. Yeah. And uh, that was that was a big milestone for me. Uh, we've got a wall of trophies that, that extend. I've got three leadership trophies uh, that extend across the front of my front wall as you enter into my offices mm -hmm. and uh, very proud of all those trophies what, what, what are they for what are the trophies things for? like most most uh, licenses sold most stores uh -huh. open etc 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 yeah so uh, favorite huddle memory ever I love San Antonio Texas okay. I'm, really, I'm really looking forward where we're going to 2020 yeah event. and 21 I believe and I'm yeah. looking forward to Nashville as well uh -huh. but uh because you like country music, or I mean, what 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 about San Antonio? Influences? I just like the vibe, yeah. you know, the Riverwalk, the, mm -hmm. the hotels, the restaurants. The openness. It's not like yeah. Vegas where you pretty you much need to like stay you're inside. Being cattle cart into yeah. a restaurant. Yeah. And you are you are on stage quite a bit, uh, either receiving awards or uh, usually doing something with the Wayne McGlone Fund, which I know is near and dear to your heart. Can you tell me a little bit about the Wayne McGlone Memorial Relief Fund and uh, and why that means so much to you? Yeah, Wayne was a very close friend of okay. mine. Uh, when, he, when he passed away, it was a big impact because I would literally just talked to him three days prior to mm -hmm. his passing. And he was telling me about his cardiologist and how he got a clean bill of health. And it was really a shock to see that see him passing what did he pat did he was it a heart attack it was a cardiac okay. cardiac mm -hmm. event i think mm -hmm. is the best way to put it yeah uh, but uh, wayne was very close to me and then gordon had set up the wayne mcclone fund and it's always been it's always been a major part of my life i've donated a fair fair amount of money to it yeah and uh it, it means a lot and it means a lot to the people that benefit from mm -hmm. it uh, i've had a young lady in my office her husband had a, a, a aortic aneurysm and nearly lost his life but when you have an airlift, a helicopter ride from Shanahan, Illinois, to Loyola University, I won't go into how much That's it costs. That's not free. It's not free. <laughs> and and not the Wayne McClone Fund made a dent in, in paying for some of the bills that she she encountered. And, mm -hmm. you know, you think about the hurricane hurricane situations yep. that have occurred in Texas and some of the other events in Florida the country. Last year, I think, uh, one of Johnny Weber's stores, yes. if I remember right. And so you think about the impact. It, it was... It was genius uh, for Gordon to set that up because it's just made such an impact on people's lives. Yeah. Now, you, uh, a few years ago, were diagnosed with Parkinson's, right? October of 2016. Okay, you and dates, you are just a, as sharp as a tack. So, Thank God I'm still uh, sharp you, as a tack. You are. Uh, you're sharp, and, and, and uh, I'm just going to say this. This isn't really part of the podcast, but... Uh, John Kohler is so well respected around Sport Clips that uh, he uh, he's on a level like 
Gordon Logan, and he doesn't know this because he's not at headquarters as, as often as, as some of us, but uh, his name, when it gets spoken of, is spoken reverently. Uh, he is a, a living legend and uh, could not be more well thought of or well loved. And so uh, tell me well, a little bit. I appreciate that. Well, it's all true, and that's why I've been, wanted, I've been itching to get you on here just because we love you so much. But can you, can you walk me through... Uh, the Parkinson's diagnosis, uh, was it uh, out of left field? Um, how has your life changed in, since? In the summer of yeah. 2016, I noticed a twitch in my left thumb. Okay. It was just a twitch. Mm-hmm. But because my father-in-law had passed away uh, as a result of Parkinson's, my wife was noticing it. And she made she made a comment several times, so I finally said, fine, I'll mm-hmm. go to the doctor. Yeah. Uncle, right, right. You know, yeah. I give up, I'll yeah. go. Because yeah. you know, it's just a twitch, you know, it was... It was not even noticeable. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the doctor and did a couple of tests. It took about 15 minutes. He looked at me and he said, you've got Parkinson's, which is a lack of dopamine being produced in your brain, which okay. creates what's called a movement disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and he I, did this, there was no blood work? I mean, he, no, he, no, this thing took about 15 minutes. And I, so, you know, naturally being the analytic that I am, right. I said, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to find out the truth. So I decided to go to some it's a of the, setup. So I decided to go to some of the best institutions in the earth. Mm-hmm. So I went to University of Chicago. I went to Northwestern uh, University, yeah. and then I finally went to Mayo Clinic. They all said the same thing. Mm-hmm. You got Parkinson's. <laughs> you keep looking for a second, a third, fourth opinion. So I then... realized I got Parkinson's. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, there's not much they can do about it. There's not a lot of uh, options. So they got me on a dopamine. Act, uh, dopamine activate activator that kind of stimulates dopamine production, uh-huh. but eventually I'll go on to what's called the dopamine replacement program, and have a little heavier drugs, but mm-hmm. they, they can treat it with drugs, for the most part. Well, I mean, I I'm I, I, I saw, let's see, it's 2019. This was 2016. You got diagnosed. Uh, I started at Sport Clips 2015. I I feel like you're sharper than ever. So, have you noticed uh, anything in in over the last three years? Uh, you know, are you, are you still slinging a hundred mile an hour curve? You know, fastball, no, or you, no. you feel like physically, physically, I have some limitations. Mm-hmm. Uh, putting my socks on in the morning is a challenge, hmm. but uh, cognitively, I've been tested. And there's been no no sign of any slippage and etc. So, you know, I feel pretty good right. that, that way. Uh, but I'm 66 years old. I'll be 67 in December. Some of that's going to, you know, things like bad knees, et cetera. Right. You'll appreciate that when you get there. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm getting there. Trust me. So uh, People have asked me, they said, well, when are you going to retire? I love what I do. Mm-hmm. I truly love what I do, and I love the people that I work with. If I had to retire, I think it would kill me. Yeah. Well, it's like those uh, Bear Bryant and Joe Paterno and all these coaches that – uh, they coach into their 80s or whatever and then retire, and that's the last we hear of them really physically. So it does keep you sharp. And you got you got such a great team around you. It feels like it's a well-oiled machine at this point. I'm so confident in my team. I know they've got my back and I've got theirs. Uh, they'll run through brick walls for me, and, they'll run, and I'll run through a brick wall for them, and that's the way the kind of respect that we've got for each other. What, what do you what do you see on the horizon for uh, for your team for this market? The big challenge clubs? we're facing, the big challenge that we're all facing, is availability of stylists. Mm-hmm. If I had an extra stylist in each one of my stores, we would we be our client count would be up another five point six percent. Bottom line is we've got those challenges. If we can solve that, we win the war. We we beat the 
competition. Mm-hmm. We've got to become the employer of choice. We've got to have a line of people outside our doors that want to work for sport clubs. And it seems that in, in this area, and I've visited uh, six stores yesterday. Last time I was here for leadership, I visited a number of stores. I really feel like you guys are doing a great job culturally uh, getting uh, stylists fired up about working at Sport Clips. It feels like they enjoy it. Have, have you sensed kind of uh, uh, a tipping point for culture in this region where where stylists feel like this is a family and team members want to stay long term? In 2006, 7, 8, 9, when we had the Great Recession and yep. the economy was on the, on the, on the brink, brink of disaster, um, we didn't have nearly the challenge of hiring as that we, that we have today. When you've got full employment and you've got alternate, people say, well, what, what about the minimum wage? I don't care about the minimum wage. The minimum wage is whatever people are willing to pay. I've got a young lady who went to work for a dental office and went, went to work for $19 an hour. And she, I, I said to her, I said, you're making $26 an hour with right. tips. She looked at me, she said, but I, I'm getting Friday, Saturdays and Sundays off. Yeah. And, it, and it's more about work-life balance yep. than it is about money. So the, hmm. what we've got to do is find a way to help you know, these young people to get a work-life balance because many of them are single mothers, yep. you know, et cetera, and they've got kids and they've got to have time for their families. Mm-hmm. I agree there. Favorite part of your job is what? Interfacing with people. I love people. Mm-hmm. I love going to the stores. I love, I love interacting with the teams. Um, I, I, just, I just love people. Yeah. Um, what about some team member interactions that you've had over years? Are there any doozies? Are there any ones that really stick out because they're sentimental? I used to like, I, I say used to because I don't do it nearly as much anymore. I used to really enjoy getting up in front of people and doing leaderships. Mm-hmm. I, I can't do that anymore. One of the side effects of my Parkinson's yeah. is I have a hard time standing in front of group, groups of people. I get very introverted. I'd be... Hmm. I was, I was, I was, big, yeah, well, I was a that big doesn't extrovert. sound like you. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm still a big extrovert in a way, but I still have a hard time standing up in front is of it, people. Is it, is there, is it a self-conscious thing or yes. is, okay. Very definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in a, so even in a, a situation where you're beloved, everybody's on your side, it's still something that you. Very hard. Yeah. Very hard. Mm-hmm. But I love doing leaderships. Yeah. Uh, I, I love coming and doing your leaderships. You're, uh, you've got, like I said, and one, I can drive one of my car. favorite. Yeah. So uh, the very first time I get picked up, this is for, you know this story, but uh, uh, we were, it was in June of this year. And of course, I know uh, that, that you have Parkinson's. I, I love you dearly. And uh, I, I, pl- I, l- I planned on spending the day with you. We were going from where we Detroit to... Lansing, I think. We were going from Lansing to Chicago. Oh, Lansing to Chicago. And um, I get in the car, and Megan uh, Minas is with us. And I figured, well, she'd be doing the driving, you know. Or, you know, John, he's, he's got some uh, some physical challenges or whatever. Nope, I get in the car. He's the one driving. But I, uh, that's fine. Megan graciously, I, now looking back, I realize selfishly, decides she'll take the back seat. I'll take the front seat. So I, I get in the car. We are we are five minutes into this ride and having to get on the freeway, and um, uh, it's one of those on ramps where you got to merge into traffic. And John decides he's just going to floor it. There's semi 
trucks. There's, semi was overtaking. Yeah, us. yeah. There was a semi coming right on, right on to to the left of us, and John just has to make this executive decision: Is he going to just kind of ease into it and get on, get behind this guy, and just kind of get on the freeway, or is he going to gun it, uh, throw my life at risk, and uh, give me the the ride of a lifetime? Of course, he opts for that. And um, I, I immediately needed to pull over. We had to get into my suitcase for a change of, uh, of pants for me. But um, that that pretty much set the tone it for that entire. Safe. That, that, were, yeah, it's just, there were airbags uh, that could have been <laughs> deployed if they were needed. Uh, but uh, that's the thing I love about John. He, he's obviously he's a risk taker. Uh, he's he's someone that doesn't just he doesn't throw caution to the wind. Calculate. How about a calculated risk taker? Uh, you're, you're, you've certainly been that over your career. Um, it's kind of funny when you talk about road trips. I can. I, those are some of the most memorable. If you think about my region, you oh, got Chicago to so Detroit, Chicago out. to St. Louis. Yes, it's about four and a half, five and four and a half each hours, way. Five hours yeah. each way. And uh, people ask, "Do you fly to those locations?" No, you don't fly. If you fly, you end, you end up spending four and a half hours. Just getting to from the airport, yeah. security, etc. So we drive, mm-hmm. and we we've made many memorable road mm-hmm. trips. Some real white knuckle winter ones too. Oh, I can imagine. Oh gosh, here in the winter, uh, yeah. So anytime I visit, it, just know it'll be May to October ish. <laughs> uh, so learn my lesson there. A time or two, I've had I've had some good times uh, with uh, some windshield time, as Daryl Mobley used to call it, with uh, some of the folks around the country. You, you certainly being one of them. Um, well, more than anything, I you know I got some fun questions here. I want to get to. I, I again, this is I can't uh, wait. Uh, this is a. Uh, this was just a treat. I, I just wanted to make sure we got you. I, I want, how about this? When the future, when, uh, how about Alex Kohler? Well, is it Kohler is her last name? Yes. Alexia. Yeah, but you call, don't you call her Alex? I call her Alex. Okay. Yes. Um, maybe she's the future AD of this, this region. So what advice are you going to give when she goes back and listens to this? Uh, what advice do you want to leave her with? On, uh, on how to do a great job. Do what you love. I've always done that with my kids. I've told them, mm-hmm. don't do something just because I did it. Do mm-hmm. something you love. Mm-hmm. My kids have done all their own things and they're very happy and settled in it, et cetera. But the same advice I give my grand, my, God, my granddaughter mm-hmm. is the same advice I give everybody. And that is what you got passion in your heart for, do it. Yeah, oh, I love that. Well, I love you, John. So here's what we're going to do. Um, these are 10 kind of fun questions there's no wrong answer and um i i don't do follow-ups you know i don't i'm not gonna do a deep dive into these you're just gonna tell me what the first thing that is on your mind on these all right ready number, Go ahead, i'm ready number one uh if you could have any superpower what would it be oh my gosh we just talked about i, I think i know the answer but read what? minds read minds oh see i was gonna say flying because you would it would save on all the driving you have to do <laughs> see here's why i read minds okay i'm dealing with team leaders every day oh it would be yes. wonderful Wouldn't to probe he? into what's going on in their minds <laughs> what they're really thinking too about and you i love my team leaders i want yes, to make that of clear of course yes yeah uh, for the record of course uh okay well you might have just said this but just in case uh what is your personal motto do what you love. I think so. Yeah, I think you just said it. So 
I really emphasize that. It's kind of interesting. I've dealt with, coached a lot of people throughout my life, and they, you know, I love these people that whine and gripe and complain. And I said, you know, you're the CEO of your own company. Mm-hmm. No matter what, no matter what you are, you're a CEO. My daughter, especially, I've, I've helped her out a lot. Yeah. So you're 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 CEO Kohler. Mm-hmm. Make decisions for Kohler Inc. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Do what you love. All right, if you could pick anywhere else in the world, I know you love your, your Chicago land, but um, if you could pick anywhere else in the world to live, where would that be? Austin, Texas. Oh, really? Okay, so I you could get Texas. more done or just because, yeah. No, I love Texas for yeah. a lot of reasons. One, I like the cosmopolitan nature of it. The Texas atmosphere, the people in Texas are friendly and fun, and, and there's no state in Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say that, too, if you didn't get to it. Yes. Uh, or Florida. You could Texas or Florida. Take Florida's your pick. Florida's got a problem. Yeah. If the glaciers do melt, yeah, it's right. going to get a little, it's it's get a little wet. Uh, Texas is a safe bet. That's true. Okay. Uh, what sound or noise do you love? I like all kinds of music, so there's no... Mm-hmm. Well, then why do you listen to talk radio on these four-and-a-half-hour trips to everywhere you go if you love music so much? I don't just listen to any talk radio. Yeah. I listen to Fox yeah. News. Yeah, okay. All right. I'm going to have to cut that out now for all the liberals <laughs> listening to this. Uh, just kidding. All right. What sound I'm or... I'm balanced. Yeah. I listen to CNN, too. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, get that in there. What sound or noise do you hate? I hate fingernails on a blackboard. Okay. Uh-huh. That's, I really do. Yeah. That's like that's that's up there. Uh, what would you consider, number six, what would you consider your greatest achievement? My four kids, wow. and mm-hmm. and believe me, throughout their life, my oldest is forty, my youngest is thirty one. I've got four, three boys, and my my daughter. Your spoiled daughter. daughter. I mean, your daughter. She was the youngest. No. Oh my uh, gosh, and, baby girl. We went through many challenges throughout those years. Yeah. But uh, they they all they all survived, and mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really proud of that. Yeah. And now you've got another generation, uh, with your granddaughter. Okay, uh, these are kind of three fun ones and then one kind of serious one to finish. All right, uh, the first of the, this is question number seven, but the first of these fun ones. All right, if, uh, let's not say if, when they make a movie based on your life story, who do you want to play the lead role? What actor? Jack, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, okay. All right. I love Jack. Yeah. He'd be perfect. I could see him pulling this off. Definitely. Uh, in that movie, you you get to pick the band that does the soundtrack. What band does it? Aerosmith. Oh, look at you. All right. And then uh, the movie has to have a title, of course. You get to pick the title. What do you call this movie, the story of your life? I have no clue. That is that is a that is a great question. They're supposed to make you think, you know. If you're don't make me back. think too hard this morning. <laughs> how about that? How about that question? Don't don't have that's the title. Don't make me think too hard this morning. That sounds like a bestseller. All right, last question. If heaven indeed exists, what do you hope to hear from God when you walk through the pearly gates? Welcome. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Come on in. Yeah. I don't want to have to go through any special <laughs> process. Well, let me let me pull up your file real quick. Exactly. Just check. Uh, and there's some uncertainty. No, I, I don't think you have anything to worry about. It's kind of interesting. My mother's 95 years old. She's wow. got terminal cancer. Mm. She's made the choice in life to go on into the, the next next life. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's the Maximus Catholic. 
So I'm no. convinced she's got a ticket. Yes. So I'm hoping she can be she, She'll be waiting there with you, yeah. Oh, he, I vouch for him, right? Exactly. <laughs> Simplify the process. Oh, well, that's sweet, yeah. Well, uh, speaking of sweet, this time has been precious. It's art. It's flown by. Uh, I More than anything, like I said earlier, I, I needed to get you on this because you are. This is called the Hall of Fame Podcast, and I couldn't think of anyone else, anyone better qualified to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, than you, you. I so that. Uh, we love you this this is really from the heart of sport clips back to you uh, we we are uh, excited about what you've already done but also what the future holds in store for for this region and, and this 170 plus stores uh, they wouldn't be here without you so and certainly sport clips wouldn't have advanced as far as it is without you it's without been a fun you ride. yeah it has been so thank you for being such a big part of it and uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, as you could tell, this is a, quite the man, and uh, he was a perfect guest today. So uh, thank you again, John. You're and, welcome. Thank uh, you. And uh, we'll have a new episode for you guys next week. Thanks so much.